All right, listener, this is Ash Frith. I just did a live recording of a podcast with a couple of listeners. We tried out this new thing, uh, Green Room by Spotify, which we can then transfer directly into the app that we use for the podcast and put it up. We just finished. Um, we had a secret special guest for you as well. Who could it be? Thank you, Paul Gannon. Um, Thanks to everyone who got involved. Thanks for the people who listened. Thanks for the people who listened and didn't join in. Thanks for the people who listened and joined in. Thanks for the people who joined in and didn't listen. Um, Absolutely brilliant. I think it's got real potential. Really look forward to doing one with Panks very soon. And we can all just talk and we'll have to work out how we sort of curate that. But it's going to be fine. It was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy listening. It's about an hour. Um, And I think there's some interesting stuff and I had a lot of fun. So I think we'll definitely do it again. Thank you and see you soon. Well, here I am. I think it's just me talking at the moment. I've got no idea how this works. I've not ever done this before. It seems like quite a cool... I mean, Jesus Christ, I'm 42. It seems like quite a cool thing to be able to do. Um, called an open room. Um, I looked for headphones. I couldn't find them. So I'm wondering whether this is going to work just with me talking. Again, I've never been as old as I am now. Um, I don't know whether people can just join or whether I need to invite people. I literally have no idea. Trouble is, I'm doing it on an iPhone, and iPhones don't have like a place that you can plug headphones in either. I don't know. It's bizarre that you only ever need your headphones really when you don't know where's the problem. I've got headphones, but I haven't got a little adapter. You need to have a special adapter because iPhones only operate with a connector, don't they? Which is ludicrous. There's someone else in the room. Samuel. Samuel, welcome. Currently, just me talking absolute bollocks to myself. Normally, it would be a podcast that I host with comedian Justin Panks. But he is not available. So I'm doing it on my own. So that's a lot of fun. Can't find the headphone adapter. Currently just talking, Samuel. I imagine. I can see a picture and it says Samuel. That's as interesting as it gets. Um, Hello, mate. Hello. Hi there. Can you hear me? (laughs) I can't hear you. You can't hear me. That's a bad sign. Sorry, you too. Sorry. Oh. Oh, you didn't have your headphones plugged in. Sorry, my mum's in the car, so don't say anything too rude yet, please. What would I say in front of you? I would never say anything in front of your mum. You know, I'm not going to say anything rude anyway. Do you want to say hello, mum? Hi. Hi. Oh, hello there, mum. Hello there. (laughs) (laughs) Why would Samuel? That is unfair that you would say don't say anything rude yet. It's a precaution. (laughs) okay well that's very bold of you to take to go for it whilst uh whilst your mum was in the car but yeah i'm not literally going to say anything where have you been where are you going uh i've i've um i live in i've moved from my parents house in kent and i live in london now so i actually in dartford actually not too far oh dartford oh what they lived in dartford or they you whereabouts in london have you gone to 
uh, West London because I, I work there now. So oh, because you're very wealthy. Uh, one day maybe. <laughs> uh, well, Dartford's quite nice, isn't it? I I would say so. Yeah, but it's got mixed reviews. It's got that big tunnel that we all love. The bridge and the tunnel, yeah, that's the that's bridge. Oh, well, yeah, you know the posh people say the bridge. Us, us scum, <laughs> we would say the tunnel. But um, I do a thing where I hold, I go because we gig, I gig anything basically in South London. I think I have to go or East London. Really, I go over the bridge or under the tunnel, and uh, I hold my breath through the tunnel. Like if you live there, I guess you can't do that. You're probably going over it much more, but. It's quite a long way. That is probably my best sporting achievement is being able to hold my breath through that tunnel. I mean, you don't... It doesn't feel like you're impressed, Samuel. He's gone. Samuel's dropped off. Samuel will not talk about holding his breath through the Dartford Tunnel. Matthew Gabriel would like to speak. Matthew Gabriel. Hello, Ashriff. How are there you There you are. There you are. Oh, it's been more popular than I thought it was going to. What are you up to? Um, not much this evening. I've been, I've been I mean, busy. I've been busy at work this week, but this evening I've been just chilling out because. Uh, I mean, you sound very. Brain. To be fair, you've got a chilled out vibe in your voice that sounds like you might be a little bit too chilled out. Uh, no, 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 not that chilled out. But yeah, <laughs> just enjoying, just sitting down, doing nothing for once. I um, do that yeah. all the time. But I do that. I actually do that all day. I'm a software engineer, so I do that all day. So <laughs> uh, you think that oh, I do the manual labour job? It's so funny, isn't it? It's like, oh, I just need a break from what sitting. Sit, yeah, sitting and looking at the screen. So then I go into the lounge and sit and look at the screen. Do you ever, like my wife, I'm going to call her, will come home sometimes. Your girlfriend. Yeah, my girlfriend. <laughs> it's her as well. Sometimes she will come in and go, what have you been up to? Like, nothing. And she goes, no, yeah, but what have you been up to? And I go, no, actually nothing. I haven't oh. played PlayStation. I haven't done the washing up. I haven't listened to the radio. I have literally done nothing for that entire time. So where, hmm. are you, where are you, Matthew? Where do you live? I live in North London uh, at the oh. moment. I'm Good, originally but... from I'm originally from Shropshire, uh, near North Wales. Yeah, yeah, I know where it is. I moved to London um, two years ago now, so yeah, I live in London now. Me and uh, me and Panks did a gig in Shropshire once where oh, no. I did I didn't oh, pay no. him where any money. Where was it? Where was it? It, it was at Farmer Phil's festival. I have uh, that sounds that sounds very Shropshire, but also I have never heard of it. I'm really sorry. I didn't expect you to know every, every <laughs> farm in Shropshire, to be fair to you. So it was this festival where sometimes in comedy, like the people who... Oh. That just shows you, like, it was like some farmer who used to love a rave back in the day. And um, so we drove for about four and a half hours to get to Shropshire. Panks will remind me that I didn't actually give him any petrol money. Uh, you know, that's beside the point. So um, we drove there and they had no idea what was going on at all. Like, just no clue. Got there, they were... This sounds like, sounds like Shropshire to me. <laughs> they were painting this, uh, <laughs> this blackboard. Oh, this is the comedy tent. It's like, what are you doing? They went, oh, we're just painting the blackboard to put the act names on. It's like, well, we're meant to be starting in like half an hour. You, what? That's not going to be ready. 
So then about an hour went by and no one was there. It was over the other side of this festival. Literally no, not a soul. There was like one bloke in there dancing to music that didn't exist. Oh, and then that's this that, woman... That sounds brilliant. There's this thing, like I was going to say, sometimes when people are on comedy and they have no idea of a budget, so they just have this either ridiculously high or ridiculously small budget. And this one was one of the good ones where it was like really stupid money, stupidly good money, but they had no idea what they were doing. So then after about an hour of no comedy, we looked for the the lady who sort of booked us and we ended up finding her. And she was like, oh, you're the comedians. How did it go? And we hadn't done anything. (laughs) And she just... She just handed over this wadge of cash, like something out of a film, like in you know, a stack oh, of cash. I was like, oh, how was what, it? What like, was this? Was it like a charity it event? It was a music or... festival. That, and they were just... And they wanted a comedy tent. And they were I, too into it probably to know what best... was going on. No, they gave no... There was no input. We had no idea what was happening at all. But the best thing about it, probably, was that Panks was doing this joke... And at the end, like about spaffing up, and just as yeah. he got to the punchline, where the, literally he's going to talk about spaffing up, a tiny toddler toddled into the no. room, into the stage, no. and Hank just went, did he, oh, did he for continue? Sake. He stopped himself, but um, oh. and then this woman followed the toddler in. It was like this is disgusting. You shouldn't be talking about that in front of a child. Oh, no. He's like. It's ten o'clock at night, and you've let the child in. God, it was well, awful. yeah, yeah. And then you four know who hours I, can, back. I can see. You know who I can see in the in the in the room. I can see that that looks like Paul Gannon. Gannon the is room. there. Will he speak? Will he Will... speak? I mean, Will it could be Gannon. If... It could be Gannon. It could be Eli. I know who my money's on. I don't think on. it's Eli. It's probably definitely not Eli. <laughs> you don't know that. Eli puts in a lot of work. I would say Ooh. Eli works the hardest. I don't know. If you let, if you let Gannon on, so see what, or has he just walked away maybe? He hasn't I don't know away. how this works. Oh, well, I don't know how it works. I think there's a request. Honeybuns is in there as well. Honeybuns. Shall I bring in Honeybuns? Because Gannon hasn't, I don't know. Oh, there you are. Oh, we're all speaking now. Are we How's all this speaking? Gonna work? Oh, hello. Hello. Oh, hello. Who we Everyone's got? in. Everyone's in. Honey yeah. buns. Buns. Cheap food needs to be on mute. Uh, you're not on mute. Ah. Cheap Sarah has unmuted. Yeah. Is it Eli Silverman, the hardest of all the working Cheap Show guys? You're such a baiting twat. Did I or did I not get you to talk by pretending it might be Eli? You know my weakness. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, Gannon, I was going to defend myself. I was going to message you. Um, today I bought Transformers and Ghostbusters the comic. Oh, which? Oh, the crossover one, the recent one. Yeah, yeah. I thought. I... Yeah, I had a quick read of that. It's it's cute, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I bought the first episode i won't probably read it more than that but i just like to have the first edition basically so i thought it looked like you say cute is exactly the word i also got um transformers and uh, back to the future as well i got you know Uh, i'm not usually like i don't tend to buy a lot of ghostbuster stuff but that transforming ecto one is something i'd like to get my hands on if i can find it cheap it's very nice paul it's very nice 
Have you got it, Honey Buns? I've got it, and I've got the annual. Um, when it got uh, one of the few things I'm gonna, I have been collecting are the Ecto. So I've got like um, Paul the uh, the Lego Ectos with the lights. I've got the big Ecto, uh, which wasn't cheap. Uh, and so <laughs> <they're> <laughs> Although, there's a fake knockoff uh, Lego Ghostbusters Ecto-1 big one that I'm thinking of getting, because it's only like $80 compared to the 130 Yeah, I remember you saying, yeah. But I at think, the moment, um, I may have way too many Ecto-1s anyway, so I'm trying to like not fill my girlfriend's flat full of shit. So, you can't uh, have too many Ecto-1s. You can. Oh, yeah, you can, yeah. yeah. You can. I mean, like, like, everything I own. Yeah, you know this whole pod, this whole dynamic is so odd because when you listen to the podcast, you always feel like, well, for both of your podcasts, I listen to both of them, but you feel like the third person in the room who sits and says nothing. Yeah. Then when you, I feel like that when, when you the have the opportunity to speak, you think, oh god, what, I've heard these these guys talking for however many years it's been since I found found the podcasts. And then you're like, what? Well, what the hell would I actually say now that I have the opportunity to say something? It's, what would you it's say? Quite that that, well, I mean, I, I, I did say Paul seems to do all the work, but then Paul <laughs> does play on it, doesn't he? So how do maybe I, he I, likes I, I literally pulling all the strings in the in the, I, in the behind? But I can't express to you how little Eli does <laughs> without, without humour or exaggeration. It, it is, you know, it, it, it is a tough weekly. <laughs> I've, seen, but, but, I've, I've seen it where uh, we've been doing stuff together and you've sent me an email that is like, this is what's happening on the day. This is what we're doing. This is how this is going to work out. And you've not just sent it to me. You've also sent it to Eli. And it's like, surely Eli should know that. Yeah, but Eli doesn't even know when the day comes, and he goes, oh, "I didn't read it." Although oh. saying that, we spent the day together a week or two ago recording some stuff, and you went away for about two hours. To I don't even—you went off back home or something. No, I didn't go two hours. It was twenty-five minutes because there was one. <laughs> there was one thing that I forgot. It was one of those terrible moments where I had to forget one thing for that Eurovision show. And it just happened to be the thing that had all the scores on. So I had to get it. <laughs> I remember you just going, I haven't got the scores. I haven't yeah. got the scores. <laughs> I had everything else. Everything uh-huh. else. And it was gone. And what was annoying was, as I saw you saw, but actually Biffo and Sanya noticed this as well. Because they've often said, oh, we don't, you know, Eli can't, you know, do that much nothing. And then on the Eurovision day, they just sat and watched. Well, they didn't see it. They watched him sit there on his ass for like 90 minutes. Not helping me settle. <laughs> and then right before we're ready to go, he goes, Paul, you did order pizza, right? Because I don't want to be hungry before we start. And I'm wow. like, fucking cunt. Uh, yeah. I, I know this is a pranks and furf, not cheap show, but can we just say the Eurovision was, I mean, it was great last year, but this year it was just brilliant. I mean, I was involved. I really enjoyed it. it. I really enjoyed it. I do think Piss Crystals was robbed. That was my favourite song. It's, it's so catchy. But, um, <laughs> You know what? It was, it was brilliant. It was so good. Yeah, because so I want to do this on Friday after release this week's cheap show. But uh, so, so if you come back for that, I can go into it more detail. I literally just popped onto this just to see what this is because I want to use it somehow. And so since I saw you were using it, Ash, I thought, oh, I'll see what this is all about. Yeah, I think it's got real potential. I think the only like 
every, like there's four of us here, obviously, and so you can have a conversation with four people if you're in the pub. I don't know what you do really busy. I don't know. I guess yeah, well, I guess you've been manic. Yeah, I guess you, you, you just invite I would then have speakers to enter. and then yeah, you just one at a time or yeah. yeah I don't know. I I don't know how I can like. For example, if I wanted to mute one of you, I don't know. I can't just press on you. I can remove you as speaker. Oh, I can remove you as speaker. But yeah, give, it, give it a try now. Well, it's not really because it's kind of like taking your turn as, as being, being the interviewer. I would right, say. Matthew, I'm going to remove you and then come okay, back. Okay, okay. Uh, I removed him. There you go. Removed. Simple as that. Oh, right. well, that's, that's how I'll probably do it. I'll probably just him back. I'm back. And I've now, yeah, got, I've now got a gem. As a result, so what does that mean? You've been in, you've been allowed back. Yeah, or something. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Samuel's coming. Oh, cheap show's Samuel's just got back. a gem. Samuel's got a gem. Samuel's, the host Samuel's got a gem. Ashworth does not have a gem. Do you want? Uh, Everyone's got a gem, gem other than Honeybun. Oh, it does say you've got a gem. Uh, What's a bloody gem well, do though? What practical use is it? It could be anything. It could be whatever Always you want it to be. Cynic. Always it does the cynic. Always something. Um, yeah, but what if you get a hundred and then like they wipe your phone or something? You don't know. Well, no. I tried this when I tried this um, when I was just looking at the app before this started, and I went on a few of them. And some people in there have got thousands, like you know, uh, yeah. hundred thousand gems. But I have no idea what <laughs> that means. So you that's still here. Also, do chats. Yeah, because I'm on the I'm on the Android and I can't get chat working because it said it's not ready for Android oh, yet. So that I guess there's certain yeah. things I can't do, like I can't schedule meetings as well ahead of time. <laughs> Matthew's just written chat in chats, which is perfect. At least we know it's working. Yeah, well, I put a picture of a, a GIF of a cat covered in balloons. I mean, that's perfect, really, isn't it? It also shows um, you who's got the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I could I had that thing of um, trying to find my headphones before I started, and um, I just couldn't find them anywhere. And I don't understand what actually happens with headphones in the stage between you not needing them and need, they're everywhere, and then when you actually need them, they actually vanish. I'll try with Is this the new stand up set you're working on. You what? Is this the new stand up you're working on? Because no, it's mate. not new stand. Should I tell you what? I'll tell you what is new stand up I'm working on. Yeah. It's not. It's not really new stand up. I've come up with what I think might be the best invention, reinvention of all time. Right. Pre-dunked biscuits. Oh, I saw your tweet. Yeah, we I saw think... your. We saw your tweet. I wasn't really sure what you meant by that. You put it in the so, microwave. I want. Yeah, you will make them in the microwave. So I think. Right. I was watching football the other day, and I was like, I really want dunked biscuits but i haven't got time to make a cup of tea so if i had these little individually packet like maybe three biscuits in a packet bang it in the microwave for 30 seconds it's it's already been pre-soaked with the perfect amount of tea bish bash bosh you've got a pre-dunked warm biscuit this is the ravings of a madman <laughs> i i can care i can care um, i mean Oh, that depends. You might not like tea. I don't know. I don't like tea. I don't coffee. like. I don't like coffee. But I only like. Oh, this is going to sound terrible. I, I I have working class roots, but I only like chamomile tea. Uh, oh, so, at least it's yeah. so <laughs> Chamomile tea. <laughs> no, come no, on, guys. No, Samuel's no, mum no, like that. His name's all great. This is because Gannon's here. It, 
you have to say spa for sperm every five minutes. <laughs> Sorry, Samuel. If your mum's count. still with you, Sam, mum's gone, Samuel says, so we can say whatever the F we want. Mum, well, luckily, um, I can't use the S word outside of cheap show, so it's a it's particularly brand cheap show, that word. I have to Are you keep... contractually obliged not to say spa? Yeah, outside of the show. Outside <laughs> of the show well, arena? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was... Um, Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You go. Uh, yeah. Honestly, the moment. I was going to say. Uh, um, I don't. I don't want to talk about cheap show too much. So yeah, you can talk about I, cheap. I love cheap show. Yeah, but I just—I literally popped in just to say hello. So yeah, now it's now it's becoming a collab. Anyway, I was going <laughs> to say I—I I ran out of cheap. I, well, in in the lockdown, you kind of are always listening to podcasts. You you're trying to. You're just hungry for content, and I and I think a lot of people. I don't know if Paul, you've seen, but a lot of people have been going back to old podcasts and and listening to the old ones and working their way back to the what back to the modern day, so to speak. Well, I ran out of those as well, so I decided to <laughs> listen to the uh, was it twenty seven hour or twenty six hour Geekatorium oh my. Oh, and fuck, yeah. radio and yeah, that was that's been quite an experience. I think I'm about eight or nine hours in. And there's some guy saying that you can. Am only, I on it yet? Am I there guy, yet? Uh, I think maybe you come in the morning. I don't. Oh no, no. I'm not sure. I haven't got to that bit yet. Because you came uh, in when Sandling had to go, didn't you? Yeah, because I was oh, gigging in Bristol. I'm just up to that now because he's saying I'm. I'm so excited for my bed and whatever. And then, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm looking forward to however, however was, the night unfolds, shall we say. I was gigging in Bristol, like, because I was doing the whole show originally, and then yeah. I got offered uh, a tour support gig in Bristol. So you were like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, Sandling's there, Sandling's there. So then I did the gig, and then, like, literally, I was like, oh, uh, uh, from Bristol, I was like, oh, so Sandling, you, you're all good with Sandling. And you were like, no, Sandling wants to go. Sandling wants yeah. out. And then... Um, <laughs> Can you can you get here? So I drove from Bristol to Dorking in Surrey to drop off Christian O'Connell, North London or wherever it yeah. went through the night until like seven or eight the next morning when I had to lone parent my son. And then it's absolutely <laughs> bad. But my main memory of that whole thing was just the funk in the studio of like yeah. it had been three or four men in that studio for quite That's a great. long time. Yeah. Did Gillian Anderson? Wasn't she in the room next door? Did she come on, or was she just? She came on. Yeah, yeah high-profile guest. So you, you, you sounded so sad. You were like, I wanted to ask her so many questions, but I didn't get the chance. I just felt. Do you know what? Oh, a little bit, little Paul. It, do you know what? It was there. annoying actually because I told them not to bring Gillian Anderson in because she was so busy, and apparently a producer at Fubar went out and lied to her and said she had to do it because it was associated with Mark Watson's event. Which oh. it wasn't, and so she came along, and that's why she wasn't there that long. Yeah, because Mark um, Watson was doing twenty-four hour show next door in the in a little theatre thing, wasn't he? But you know what's funny about that is that that wouldn't have gone through without my help because basically it was it 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 was my suggestion to use Fubar's internet for them to stream. Yeah, and that's how they managed to get it done that year. So like it was it was only joint in that respect, but there was no correlation between the two shows. So they kept on grabbing guests from Mark's show who we hadn't planned on be there, and I felt really awkward, you know. Oh, but it was nice if to that speak was to Basil. Correctly, that would have been great. 
Yeah, unfortunately, she just told me off for my poor diction, then left, which is all I remember of it. Oh, no. There was this guy. I think he was the head of Fubar, taking the piss out of your accent and saying you're not you're not Liverpudlian enough or something like that. And then he and then he made you do a seance on on some wet piece of paper. Yeah, it was the, that... image, the image of that. The mental image was quite funny. Yeah, it was weird because he was the owner of Fubar, and like I, I just think he was bored and he wanted to get involved and then realised quickly he was an unfunny man. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I did sense that a bit. It was such a strange thing, Fubar, wasn't it? Because it went, it was huge because they, they promised so much. They had so many brilliant comedians on there doing shows and then none of them got paid. Yeah. So the, everyone the, left after a month. They've constantly had a money problem. I've never understood how they're still going even to this day. It's like we're getting um, Nick, Pe- Nick Helm on the show soon and uh, we've been catching up with Nick, and I, I kind of don't want to ask him about what Fubar is like these days. I kind of wonder if he even knows Stroke cares. Yeah, because he does a show with Nathaniel Metcalf, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I I, I enjoy because I used to try and I used to help very briefly help produce Mark Dolan's show. Yeah, and there was floating about for every now and then. And that's how I got the Geekatorium thing happening. But by and large, it's like I'm I'm surprised it's still going seven years on. It was struggling financially, but way back then. Is it, is it adverts? I don't even know if it has adverts. Is it? I haven't listened to it. No, I, I listened to it the other day purely just because I was trying to get on the the, the vault. Um, right. But yeah, there was people. There was, <laughs> it was still going. They still got a live broadcast. There was a YouTuber speaking. So because uh... it used to be a subscription thing, didn't it? Like yeah. you paid a month. Before. Three pound a I month, and believe... it was all your favourite comedians. <laughs> uh, and that's quickly changed. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what they're doing now. To keep, they must have adverts, I guess. I don't know. Because yeah, Herring was on there. I think was Ed Gamble on there. Um, Jared, I think, J- I think James Acaster was on there, yeah, but right. he only did about five five episodes. I think a lot yeah, of people realised. Oh, Chris Martin and Carl Donnelly, they were on there. Yeah, because here's the funny thing. Because Ash, you must know this as well. Is that because you do a radio show? I used to do a radio show with uh, Paul McCaffrey. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Southampton. And he, it was good doing it with him, but because he's a stand-up, he would let us down so many times because gigs took precedence. Yeah. And so there was even there was two occasions where he just called me up at five in the morning because we did a breakfast show and went, mate, I'm still in, you know, fucking York and I won't be there in time for the show. And so then I had to do a radio show on my own when I was just the producer. Yeah, and I'd phone, is there any chance you can phone in and tell me which crisps you'd like in a sandwich the most? Yeah. (laughs) It it worked out all right, actually. It was my first proper ever radio show on a national, you know, what they, national, but, you know, proper radio thing. Um, But it was just, it's just working with stand-ups in in radio is just frustrating, I tend to think. Shout out to Justin Panks, who's not here on this week's podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, can I ask a question? Because I thought this was going to be more of like a Q and A thing, and I so yeah. I kind of thought of a question. But I mean, it can be for Ash and for Paul. No, it's, um, it's, it's Ash's thing. Sorry, I just talk yeah, a lot. No, 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 yeah, that's fine. But like, I, obviously, I, I, I've not. I, the only connection to the comedy industry is from what you and Frank say on the on the podcast. And I do think, you know, like how. Do you cope with? Because obviously, you know, you've got your, you've got your, the, the very, very top of of the industry, and I'm not saying, I, 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 I'm, I'm 
You're Ash Fritz. You're Justin. Yeah, you're Ash Fritz. You're Justin Pags. Yeah, yeah. Eli Silverman. Yeah. Yeah. You got your Champions League. You do have your Champions League. You're Michael McIntyre. Paul Pete K. All that shit. I was going to ask, how do you how do you cope with um the like how do you cope with any setbacks because you know most people do a very safe job, don't they? They they're very safe. Um, so how do you cope with any setbacks in your career when you know you're doing a job which is, you know, it's traditionally, it's a bit scary? If if my question makes sense, and I hope I haven't sounded insulting. No, but, no, no. I, you know, life, life has its life has its setbacks, doesn't it? But some like uh, my job is very safe, and everyone says, "Oh, you know, you're so smart. Oh, you're doing this, blah, blah, blah." But you know, how how do you navigate that in your life? It's really a, oh what a great question and uh, what uh, it is really strange because it can literally be from week to week. So you know at one point, for example, there was a point where I was doing TV warm up stuff, right? So then it's like you're set that moment you are set to go. And there are people who do that. There are people who do TV off the back of that. There's all this stuff that come from that. So you go, oh my god, I've done this. And Panks would say the same thing. Like he was on talk sport as much as you might not like talk sport you know it paid him money and it was good and all that kind of stuff and then the next week they just go oh yeah we're not going to do that anymore like for me that yeah we're not going to have an audience anymore so we're not going to need you but the next week it's gone and i and also at the level we're at i, I can plan my diary as much as I can to book gigs in and then you've got this but for example Saturday night I was doing a pretty well paid gig that was fairly local England qualified for the next round that gig's gone so it just wipes away Um, and at the level I'm at it was you know what I do is a lot of tour support that would be things i would i would lean on more it would be like in the lockdown I did some support dates with Al Murray suddenly you've got a wadge of cash there or whatever but it is very – it moves around a lot. There is no set thing. But I think it kind of – I don't know. It is weird. I don't know. I, I, I got very, very lucky. I basically got really, really lucky for a very long time, very early on, where loads of really good stuff happened, and it was great. So then when you go for a patch of that not happening – you just yeah. have to go, okay, well, that's not happening. And then so far, I've been doing it 10 years, so far after that period of that not happening, something's always happened again. So oh. I kind of think... You kind of have my... to lean back on that and just yeah. hope that, you know, you, you from your experiences that that is going to carry on. And to you, the point you've where got to be confident happen. in your own ability as well, that, you know, oh, yeah, I am going to be all right because I am good. And you mentioned that a lot on the podcast. You say, you know, I I did get very lucky, but you know, you're not bad. You're not bad. You're not bad. You are you are a very talented person. So I think you should Listen be proud. Of, yeah. <laughs> now I it is sorry, I wasn't listening. What <laughs> he wasn't listening. He wasn't listening. You, <laughs> we were having quite a deep moment there. You have to be. He was listening, Matthew. Um, <laughs> you have to. Um, you have to be arrogant to do any kind of broadcasting or public speaking or podcasting or anything. There has to be a level of arrogance. You have to think that what you've got to say is important enough for people to listen to. So 
as much as I am incredibly insecure and worried and shit on my, like, there's someone, some, I think, um, uh, Re on, on Twitter, the cheap show favorite, um, oh, yeah. she, yeah. she put a thing today about imposter syndrome. And like, I read it and was like, yeah, I think all of that about yeah. imposter syndrome, except for I definitely know that mine is true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is a really weird thing, but you have to balance that with this severe arrogance of, well, yeah, of course I'm going to, of course I did well at that gig. Of course. And if you walk on stage at any comedy club, whether it be a pub or whether it be like a, a 2000 seat or whatever, if you walk on there and you don't think if you've got a fraction of your brain that thinks I shouldn't be here, then you're going to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is it is like going into a bear pit and thinking, well, the bear's just going to kill me. Like if you do a bear, you have to go on there and think that you've got a chance because otherwise you, you shouldn't be there. And you see it all the time. You can go to comedy, not so much at like the big pro nights, but if you went to the one where it's like a mixed bill, you've got a pro and the rest, um, new acts or, you know, people trying, trying out, you see, you can literally look before. I honestly think if I walked on stage for 30 seconds for a minute, whatever you can tell, maybe not that I'm not going to be shit, but that I know that I should be there. I do believe that. And I think that, I think you can see that with a pro act or I'm going to say pro act, but you know what I mean? Like a established act. You can look at them and go, Oh yeah, I can. I'm I'm in safe hands before they've even said a word. Of yeah, them. yeah. And so, following on from that, how would you cope? How did you cope in the beginning? Because obviously, you haven't got these years of experience and knowing that you know uh, that you can conduct yourself with this swagger. Or did you do it from the outright? Because uh, I mean, if I had a go, I, I definitely would be that person with the bag of nerves, and and I would, I would get eaten alive. I would I would be eaten by the bears. So. How, how did you start out um, I with, think with that, managing that? The, well, you see some people who have no self-awareness. It's almost like that's a positive as well. So you have these, we've spoken about it before, you see some acts and you go like three years later, you go, oh my God, they've, they've not changed at all. And they're, you know, they're shit, but they don't know they are. So they've got this aura around them, a protective aura. And that, can really help you but again i got really 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 lucky and really early on i came up with like a three minute that i knew was good it was a really good bit of material and that bit of material like i'm talking probably my fourth or fifth gig it came it it came up i was on the stag do and this idea came to me and i knew straight away it was a good bit time i did that bit of material i would have I would get booked for gigs. So the, the sort of open mic circuit is often new acts and people who run gigs who are new acts. So I would do a gig and from that gig, three people would say, do you want to come and do my gig? So I didn't really have that moment of like that real floundering. My, my first couple of gigs, might, I might have been dreadful, but that I remember like that, that bit dropped in my lap. And I knew it was good. Like, it never, ever failed. It never failed. And so I could go to every gig and go, so you do five minutes to start with, and I knew three minutes of that were good from the start. 
I mean, it's mad. I got so lucky. And so I didn't have that fear because it would just be like, I'm going on stage, two minutes, I'll, I'll do whatever for two minutes, and then I can go into this bit and I will get bookings from that bit. And I bumped into, I did a gig a couple of weeks ago and a guy really early on who was at the gig and he said to me, he goes, oh God, we used to book you. And he said, you turned up to do a show and uh, we said, oh, have you bought, are you going to do that bit? And you said, no, can I please just do something else? And they looked at each other, these two blokes that run the gig, and were like, oh, he wants to try something else. <laughs> and luckily it worked. So I, I cheated, but I didn't have that, will this work, won't this work? I, I literally did it and was like, well, I know this works every single time. It was bulletproof. So, so that was like your turning point. That was your... Yeah, well, like I say, I didn't even really get to turn because you have this weird... Like, my first gig I've got on video, and it's shit. It's five minutes. It's shit. It's horrible. It's not It's not nice. A lot of new acts, the material is unpleasant. And I came off stage after now watching the video back, not that I could watch it made, essentially. I came off stage and went, that was incredible. I am the greatest at comedy. And no one was laughing. So I had that arrogance for about two or three gigs. And then luckily, I got lucky with a bit. But I'm also, I mean, I, I'm fairly good at knowing whether something's funny. Very rare that I'll go, this is funny, and go on stage and have to go, what the fuck's going on? Funny, why don't they laugh? Most of the time. Yeah. I can go. I'm interested to, I'm interested to hear what Paul, Paul says about that. Because um, I don't know the full story, but... Did you used to do stand up and then you decided it wasn't really for you? Um, is that is that the is that is that the case? Um, if he's still if he's still here? Yeah, no, I'm still here. Hello. <laughs> I, I mean, um, we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. No, I'm just very briefly, very briefly. Yeah. Stand ups, not it wasn't for me. I I didn't like the the the. the 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 atmosphere i didn't like the audiences it's like for me one of the biggest bugbears i've ever had is that i kind of feel like when people talk about comedy they just think of stand-up and like comedy is slapstick and sketches and, and characters and puppetry and mime and all all kinds of things and so when i started doing comedy it was as a writer i, I wrote for like dead ringers the news hoodlines a few beat radio two shows uh life got in the way and then that stopped for a while and then when I kind of got my stuff back together, I got back into stand-up just so I could start making connections with other people in comedy. However, to be very good at stand-up, you tend to have to have a really good social side as well. And I didn't. And so I never got found, I never found myself in cleats because there's like loads of different types of stand-up. There's the big name stand-ups and there's whole, that whole thing. There's the gong shows. There's the open mic nights. There's the half established 99 club type stuff. But then you've also got like, the cliquey stand-up nights where certain a bunch of comedians who share each other's work put on shows that they just host themselves and there's theme nights and so you have to kind of make a nest for yourself in one of those camps and I didn't want to nor did I enjoy it so when I when it all, my life fell apart and I moved out of London um, that's when I stopped instantly doing any kind of stand-up like that and went just into straight into radio and then into podcasting so it, it was good in terms of I liked what I what I thought I was quite good at because I never wrote any material ever. I just kind of improvised stuff and then if it was good, I remembered it, which is not a healthy way to do an act. 
but also I was quite good at like just working crowds and dealing with audience members because of that improv background. So I could I could roll with the punches a lot better. But ultimately, my heart was not in it, and I thought I, I haven't got. After earning some decent money from it for a while, I didn't have the hunger, and there are other people fighting for it, invisibly fighting for it. You know, because you talk you talk to these people in gigs and. They all are more hungry for it. And I was like, I, I don't like the temperature of this thing. So I, I just backed out. I, I, it's not for me. Yeah. I think fundamentally, in, I mean, I'm 23, but I think fundamentally in your life, you've just got to do what makes you happy. And you kind of have to ignore the, well, it's hard. It's easier said than done for sure, but you have to ignore you know, ex- expectation and what people expect of you and money and things. Just try and navigate the world with what 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 makes you happy, and and see it and try and make that work rather than rather than. I mean, I, to, I the important know. thing though now is that these days, I, more. I mean, for instance, I've had more success as a podcast than I ever did as a stand-up, which is mind blowing. But also, I just feel like if you want to do any kind of comedy, you're not restricted to finding a shit pub that runs an open mic and do material there. You can try it out on YouTube or. Yeah, TikTok or like all these other platforms and find an audience or a niche there and you know now is the time very, like you've got yeah. you've got podcasts you've got someone like Alistair Beckett King who put out so much brilliant content over lockdown him filming this stuff with incredible like production values in his own home and he was on Mock the Week I mean not that Mock the Week should ever be your goal but it does pay thousands of pounds to be on and so he did all this stuff over lockdown eventually yes. <laughs> eventually you do. yeah uh, and you put it all out and people like, like you know you've got there is a huge slice of who you know what you know and right place right time regardless of how good yeah. you are but then what? thinking about what you've said like the person just to sort of highlight things I know Panks talks about you know he is he's got this sort of mental thing of you must you must never ask for anything you must earn everything like that is something that's drummed into him it's not an act that with him like it is genuinely being a cleat do that that is him like you know when he says that he means it he's not if he's not going oh that was so great whoever you are off the top you've done brilliant he would literally not do it he would he sit there in a green room and he will talk to me silent and not not rude, but just, you know, like you would if you yeah. sat in a doctor's waiting room is basically how he would see it. Whereas other people genuinely can make you crawl, your skin crawl. Like I was in a, I did a gig once and uh, an act was talking about weed, who's a big TV star. Not right? me. You are? <laughs> not me. <laughs> the headliner uh, was like, Oh, have you got any weed? And then the this act who was like on like literally up and coming up was like, Yeah, yeah, I've got some talking about all this weed. Yeah, yeah. Well after we've done the shit, yeah, I'll get you some, yeah, you can have some. And then he didn't have any. And it was like, What's the yeah. end game here? What do you think well, is it, gonna happen? It was pathetic. I think it's trying to it's trying to get in with people and see where they can it's, it's it's quote unquote networking where see where this person can get me. So I can it's horrible, get like and and it's and it's like a, and then you gonna you're gonna go forward thinking is this person you know like a genuine friend or trying to be friendly with me because they're friendly or are they trying to, and and it's yeah. not just you know in this industry it happens all the time and it just is 
it just is um well i hate people like that to be honest yeah <laughs> they're a, not fun to be around what was that honey buns um, yeah so it's like being on the shoulders of giants you know some people just don't care who they step on sometimes well that's uh, honestly you'll see and uh, like this is bitter but you'll see Oh, yeah, Dead. of course, they're on there oh. because they're, that's their little oh. group. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, he said it several times before. I, I, like, Andrew Lawrence, who, you know, has had a controversial time with it, don't get me wrong, but before he even said anything controversial, he was an outsider and he was, like, forcing his way into that group where he was doing so well and gaining a real traction and they basically couldn't, he made himself, um, you know, they couldn't ignore him, whatever that expression is. So they were putting him on these TV shows and he just wasn't getting on with these people because he wasn't a sycophant. And I remember him, I gigged with him and he was like, he was on, I think it's called like stand up for the week or something. And when he got there, they were already in their little writing group. Uh, all these famous comedians that you know and he's like well i'm just gonna write my stuff and they were all writing together and then when it comes to doing the show they were like well you've come up with like three bits and these guys have come up with 10 bits like what that's not good enough he's like yeah because i'm doing it on my own like i'm not in their little club Uh and you know he's Uh been you know he then shot himself in the foot but kind of reminds you of school doesn't it where you've got all these yeah. clubs and then you then it's like when the teacher says get into groups of four and then you're uh it just gives me gives me flashbacks to school when Fine. i think about that but you then know, i you, see i do span it a little bit where because like i'm certainly not a sick fan but i can be chatty and nice and i will just talk shit with people like there's there's loads of great stuff by people in, oh like for example i'll give you an example i did a gig in Honeybuns town of Hereford with a comedian called oh hereford yeah no, hereford. i did a gig with just oh, yeah, Shropshire. all that way i did a gig with uh oh, tom uh-huh. crane who is a a great comedian and a, he writes on lots of stuff and we we went to dinner after a show he's like oh i'm staying up here tonight and it's lovely mark uh, he said oh, i'm staying up here um I'm just on my own. The show's done at like 10. Do you want to get some dinner? So we went and got some dinner. Now, Panks would not have gone and got some dinner with him, right? And he's a lovely bloke. And I had dinner with him. We got on really well. And he's like, oh, I've got a Radio X show coming up. And so I I did about six of those Radio X shows because I went and had dinner with him. And we got on really well. I did, you know, gigged with him lots and spoke to him lots. And I wouldn't say we're friends, but certainly we're chat acquaintances that i think that's being just a decent normal person but certainly not sucking up and the one of my big regrets is at at lunch once we went to lunch when we were up in london and he's like do you want to get into writing and i went no i just want to do (laughs) stand-up and he now writes on everything that's on telly and i don't so it's like oh i kick myself all the time Sorry, you mentioned. Sir, but... Oh, sorry. Go on, Mark. You, you, no, you no, no, no. Sorry, I just said this is race. You, you, you carry on, Matthew. I've already spoken no, no, no. on the podcast. Mark, before. go on, Mark. You've got this. <laughs> no, it's just like yes, you just basically shot yourself in the foot. Um, when, <laughs> I know, um, mate. All right. Yeah, well, no, yeah. We, so you brought it already uh, again with with Panks in the last couple. You know, writing your uh, your sitcoms and then your uh, Patreon <laughs> um, self help books or whatever it was you were doing. 
I'm looking forward to that. I really am. Yeah, it's um, just get yeah. It's gonna be brilliant. We've got some really good ideas. It's just fucking doing it that's the issue. <laughs> but yeah, we will. Yeah. We really will. It's all working yeah. in the right direction. Yeah, so it's one of the things that's sort of holding me back, you know, with with um, upping my Patreon and uh, coming on again oh, no. because obviously the last couple of times we've um, we've all, all, all three of us are tired. It was really really good, but um, yeah. you know, with uh, uh, Panks on his Amazon job, you know, it's difficult. I'd never tell anyone to up their Patreon. Jesus Christ! Wait for me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it's going to happen. It's going to be just sort themselves out a little bit and then we'll be fine but with I, I, I think it's amazing that we've actually managed to catch up almost to where we need to be but Jesus Christ it has been just a pain one thing after another I mean just without going into detail again on the podcast the probably the two years that he Panks himself has had it's just been ridiculous and like I said, I'm not going to go yeah. into it here, but no, no, the no, fact no, that no. anyone's still listening, the fact that anyone's still patrons is just unbelievable and brilliant. And yeah, I, I really like, I think they're going to be great. The little audio books that we're going to do. I genuinely think we've got some good topics. We've got some good ideas. It's just a case of being able to get together. Cause we're doing together is the biggest thing. We don't really want to do it remotely. And yeah. suddenly it just went for a year and a half. You can't get together. It's just mm. been mad. So I, know I think that shows the resilience in in both of your podcasts as you've made it. You just made it work. You you you've taken the problem and run with it. And I mean, it's well, not ideal. It's not ideal. But you've in the in the times. I think everyone is extremely grateful that they have something that they can look forward to. You know on. Um, on this certain day, the podcast is going to come out and it's just going to be, you know, an hour of talking shit, but it's an hour of talking shit out of your day that that um, just distracts you from your, your life. I think that's why people like me, you know, we just like sitting and listening and, 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 and listening to your stories. Um, yeah, I've sung, I've sung their praises many a time, you know, um, you know, even sending the bits and pieces to the cheap show PO box, you know, I basically almost have one show dedicated to everything I sent to them. (laughs) (laughs) And I've still got that heater you sent me, Mark. Don't you worry about that. Sage your your bacon, aren't I? Oh, yeah. Nearly froze to death in the old house. But not here. Due to your Patreon money, I've been able to buy a house with an office, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's either that or marrying a woman that earns more money than I do. That's one of those two things. That's the trick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how, how's your, how's your, what happened with your um, doctor's appointment, Ash, with your, your bollock problem? Oh, well, there you go. There's a story in itself, Mark. Well, uh, the, the man me, he was like, yeah. doesn't look like anything too sinister in there, but call your doctor. And uh, I've been trying to call the doctor for the last seven days and not actually been able to get through. So probably I'm riddled with it and I'm going to die. Have you been, but have you been caller number two for the past two hours? Which It's not even that. It just goes on for ages and then cuts you off. Oh. But I think they would have got in contact if there was anything too sinister. And the guy seemed to think there was nothing too sinister. So... Um, it's like it's like I don't know what they're doing at the doctors. Are they just letting the phone ring and then they just sit there and think, you know, look, I always um, I, because you're sat there for two hours, your your mind goes to this place like, 
what are they doing on the other end? Are they just sat yeah. there like, look at this idiot. They can't be constantly answering the phone in the doctors. There can't be, if you think about an eight hour day, there can't be that number of people. Either they, they must have like Wembley Stadium at each doctor's that constantly yeah. wants to phone but with, but with this caller number, it, it's like a queue. So you join the queue and it'll be like, you are caller number 13. Then it will go down after five minutes, 12, 11. But the other day, just caller number two for, I kid you not, two hours. And I'm thinking, who either they're not answering the phone or who on yeah. the other end is calling for two hours? I mean, what on earth? are they talking about well the worst of it um, was when i went for the first bollock examination i think i spoke about it on the podcast the doctor called the receptionist and she came in and watched <laughs> it like so she's not answering my calls and probably for a good reason yeah. no there was no need but yeah when i yeah I, I went for the hospital appointment and it was totally and utterly painless and i think it's so weird that you could just People just die because they yeah. don't go because they're embarrassed. It's really, yeah. really uh, like mad. Uh, uh, but you could, it's so easy. It's uh, really scary shit. Really scary shit. Because yeah. I was the same. I had a bit of more cyst, you know. And so only the second, this would be in the second time that a bloke fond on the balls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah, but it's, I mean, they, <laughs> they just don't care. So it's weird that people no. would just die because of the embarrassment but like i said if you were on the pool and you met a girl you wouldn't think twice about going and taking your trousers off so it is well, weird that a man who's going to save your life you go oh i can't do that i think it's just british culture in general um we have this kind of culture where it's just like i hope it goes away and i yes. appreciate you talking about it because um i when i was a bit younger um when i was 17 I was 17 or 16. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And I oh, don't yeah. know how much you know about irritable bowel disease in general, but yeah. um, it's not something you want to talk about. Same with the Pollock thing. It's not something that you want to, you know, tell your friends about, especially at that age where that's going to be so embarrassing to talk about. And I, yeah, I lived <laughs> with, I lived with, um, you know, horrific diarrhea for on i i don't want to be i don't want to be crass but i have to be for for two years because i was embarrassed about yeah what that meant and as a result it is it is more severe than it could have been if i caught if i went and to the doctor early and in the end it was a cancer advert where it was a long time ago, but there was a, like a bulge in the street that was growing and growing and growing. It said, and they were just walking, people coming past, they were just walking over it. And it yeah. was like saying, do not ignore, like you wouldn't ignore this. So why are you ignoring changes in your body? And it was just that where I just thought, Jesus, you know, it's that's just so true for me. And I went and got, like it just got too unsufferable. I went and got checked. And um, I just, I just tell anyone, same with you, um, Ash, when you're telling people, you know, just go because, it's much better to catch it early. You just got to you just got to face your fears, haven't you? You just got to go yeah. for it and yeah, and yeah. get it checked out because it's much better to to go now than leave it two years and you don't know where you're going to be. I mean, there was a YouTuber called Total Biscuit um, who died of of bowel cancer. Oh yeah, because of the same because of the same thing, and I really resonated with that because that was that was me. I had diarrhea and I left and I was just leaving it and. Um, you know, I don't. I don't want this to become medical or anything. But it's more about just 
if you can make it, you know, if if one person listens to you and thinks, and hears what you're saying and thinks, oh yeah, you know, maybe I should just get this checked out. Mine. You might not never know about it, but what? Why not? Why not? Mine really. Be open about it. The real reason that I did it. I've done it before, but I was really sort of putting it off was Richard Herring literally went to the doctor and he had bollock cancer and they took his, you know, he lost a bollock and they caught it and he's going to be fine. But I was then, yeah, I should just get that checked out. I wonder yeah. whether I would have otherwise or whether I've just ignored it. I don't know, but it's just yeah. mad. It's mad to think that you can die. And I know people who have died of cancer where they, it went too far, it went too long. And there's no, well, in some cases, there's nothing to be done. But there's so many, especially bollock cancer, it's so treatable and catchable if you just go. And it's so quick. Like, the like it, the doctor, it was three minutes of her fumbling around and the receptionist <laughs> going away. And then at the hospital, it was like five minutes. And genuinely... It was quite pleasant. Not that, oh, I liked oh. the man fumbling around the balls, but there was a warm gel put on your bollocks and oh. a little thing that was basically massaging see, you. See, you, wait, yeah. you want to wait until you have it uh, at the other end, shall we say. No. It is not pleasant. It is not pleasant. <laughs> Where it's going to be inevitable, sadly. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. But, you know, as as technology goes on, I'm sure cameras will get smaller. Well, yeah. I've, had, I've, I've had two colonoscopies and they sedate you. And yeah. I would, if anyone ever has to have a colonoscopy, 100% do it, but ask for the sedation because you yeah, will I'm be scared high of your... Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, you've been an advocate in one way, but then... I'm a you moron. Know, you've got to weigh it up with the needles, but, you know... Yeah, I will die from I not getting injections, but... I, d- I don't think... Um... Well, what can you do? No one, no one, it's your, you can't, you can't control that. We can't control that. That's the big thing. I was like, if they say, oh yeah, you're going to need to have a bollock (laughs) off. It's like, you can't do that without sedation. (laughs) Mm. Anyway, you haven't seen Clark in I think we are pushing an hour. It's been brilliant. Thank you, all of you. That's good. I'm going to leave anyway. I've got a bit of work to do myself. No, oi, oi, oh, hold on. You were just sitting there waiting until I said that, and then you were going to try and get out early. I was ending then. Well, yeah, but I also didn't want to halfway through about your delicate <laughs> conversation go, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I was respectful gonna... to that, at least. I yeah, know there's a load of messages going, please stop talking about your bollocks. I need to go and do some work. <laughs> appreciate all that's not the yeah. first time that's um, not the first time i think this is good i think this has got potential thank you gannon for ch- for, for coming along i'll speak to you soon no it's good to check it out i'm going to try this probably two or three on uh, o'clock in the afternoon on friday after this week's episode goes on yeah. so people can ask questions I'll, about what i'll, got tr- up, I'll what try got and jo- i'll try and join that uh paul i'll be i'll be working but i'm working from home so i'll try and join oh, it. But I, I won't um I maybe I'll leave it till the like, no. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe I'll leave it a few hours so people get time to listen to it and stuff, and then I can do it early evening. So I don't know. I'll I'll see how I feel. Yeah, uh, I, won't, I, won't take, I won't take the floor because I'll just listen because I've had my time now. But yeah, no, mate, looking great. forward to I mean, it. Looking forward to it. I would always say when I'm hosting a comedy show, I always say the more the audience talk, the less work I have to do. So that's brilliant. <laughs> thank you, and you, Mark and Samuel. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying well hello done. at the beginning and then. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> right, I'll put this up. Thank you. This again, that was absolutely.
Bye, everyone. And uh, yeah, bye, Paul. Bye. I can my PA box, Steph. Bye. See you later, guys. Be good. Love you. Love See you, Steph. See you. Take bye. care, bye. 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 Bye.